0: Hello and welcome to Fifty Two Years a World Cup podcast. We will be covering what just happened, which was Tunisia versus England, and also other games as well. We have behind me is my wall chart, which I use uh, thanks to Bishop's Printers who got me that wall chart. Um, so we'll be going through th- the games on the wall chart that we've missed also in the last two days. We will be talking about VAR, you know, our VAR watch and uh, all the usual features and stuff like that. So let's talk about Tunisia versus England. It ended uh, Tunisia 1, England 2. Uh, England took the lead with a Harry Kane from Harry Kane and then it was equalized through a, a slightly, you know, controversial penalty that was given. And then in the, well, we thought it was going to end. 1 1 and then Harry Kane popped up in the very last minute. I think it was a stoppage time, he popped up and uh, won it f- for England. So I was sort of prepared to talk about how England are just not clinical enough and that's why they weren't going to win. But obviously they won and they sort of broke the script. I thought we we're going to talk about how England keep drawing their first game, how they're in a bit of trouble because. Um, you know, if, if they draw with Tunisia, they would have to beat Panama and then potentially get someone off Belgium to guarantee qualification. So, you know, it's very, you know, that's how important that Harry Kane goal was. It wasn't just winning that game; it was effectively. You know, making it a lot easier to qualify out of the tournament because now if England beat Panama then they're fine I thought England played out really well at the start I think the Tunisia were not good at the back they were kind of nervy at the start and England were peppering the goal that was good stuff I think they should have put more away they should have been it should have been two or three up front um, two or two or three in the lead before that equaliser I think Raheem Sterling just isn't a very good player for England like I know, you know, he's done all this stuff for Man City, but it doesn't mean anything. We've seen it all before in the years, in the 2000s with Gerard and Lampard. It means nothing how you play for your club. It's all about how you play for your country. And they're not playing. He's just not, I, especially at the tournament level, he hasn't delivered to the level he needs to. I mean, Lingard wasn't great either. I think the man, the match was Kieran Trippier. He looked really good. Uh, how he was going forward. I like his pace, his delivery, especially, was particularly good. Um, and it's not often you compliment a right back so much, but I think Kieran Trippier definitely deserves it. It looks like a bright future for K- Kieran Trippier in the England team. There is an issue that was brought up in the game about VAR, the video assistant ref, so we might as well talk about our VAR watch. Va, 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 I guess the main issue they had with VAR today was that it wasn't used enough. So uh, there was a couple of instances where Harry King was uh, being wrestled, as I like to call it, uh, to the ground, and it, the VAR just ignored it completely. And then they obviously gave the penalty, which some people said wasn't a penalty. I think it was a penalty, so I don't. I'm not going to contest that. But I think it does bring into the sort of question how much VAR should be involved in. A football match and I can see why they don't want him to be involved too much because they don't want the game to stop every two seconds and I respect that and I can understand why they're doing it I mean I guess when something becomes repetitive it's quite an obvious problem that should be flagged up to the referee and sorted as soon as possible so we don't get all these issues uh, I would like to see yeah you know, I, I don't want to see var being a really intrusive thing at this tournament like there's no need for it. And they've they've done a pretty good job of how they've been handling it. And in the end, I suppose it didn't actually matter because, you know, England got the win anyway. So it's irrelevant. None of it matters. You know, the main thing is England won. And, you know, a lot of the teams didn't win from the first round, you know, the likes of, you know, Germany lost. We'll talk about that in a bit. Brazil didn't win. Um, Argentina didn't win. We talked about that the other day. Spain didn't win. Portugal didn't win. All these teams didn't win. I mean, you know, it does make you think maybe it's a a really big thing to actually win your opening game. And England haven't been that successful doing it at World Cups. I mean, I think the last time they won their opening game was uh, 2006 against Paraguay from a David Beckham free kick. It was a a 1-0 win. So, you know, first opening game win at a World Cup for 12 years, you know, we should be applauding that. And they did get a bit lucky, but I think England did deserve the win overall. You know, Tunisia weren't doing that much. I suppose one thing I will say, in the second half, it kind of got really kind of dull and boring. And it was kind of disappointing. You know, they sort of helped by bringing on Rashford and Loftus-Cheek. That definitely helped things a little bit. But I think England got a bit lucky there. Harry Kane, it's good to see Harry Kane scoring, actually, because I was a bit worried he was going to have a bit of a a dry spell. He wouldn't score any goals at this tournament. So having two already, that's set him in good stead. He's an outside chance of getting uh, the golden boot, but I think one of the, the important things about getting the golden boot is you actually have to play enough games so you can score enough goals to win the golden boot. So if, if England go out in the se- second round or the quarterfinals, he's going to struggle to win the golden boot by only playing you know, a limited number of games compared to the ...the teams that will get to the finals and the semi-finals. So what did you think about the game? Uh, you can tweet me at 52 Years World Cup on Twitter... ...which is where this broadcast is coming from. And we will read your questions and thoughts out a little bit later. But first I turn to my wall chart... ...and we will look at Group F and E and G... ...which is what's happened in the last three days... So earlier today, Belgium played Panama in the first game in Group G, which is England's group, and Belgium won 3-0. And they were a little bit... Actually, Panama played really well in the first half, and they were a little bit cagey with it. In the second half, they really turned on the style. There were two goals from Lukaku in the second half wrapped it up for the Belgians and, you know, look impressive. And I guess if you want to say, who's the team that looks most impressive so far, you might have to put Belgium up there. They are playing Panama, so it's all about perspective at the end of the day. Um, it's, it's good to see though Belgium sort of playing as a team. This is not just individuals anymore. You know, De Bruyne and Lukaku linking up quite well. You've, also, you've got a lot of talent in there with Hazard and Mertens as well. So, yeah, I definitely see the Belgians winning this group. I don't think that's in doubt. Um, I would say, I don't know. I, I think, I think, I think it is possible they could win it, but they need, need to take it game by game, especially considering they've never gone past the very early stages, Belgium. So this is a case of, you know, concentrating on what's next as opposed to thinking about the bigger thing. I know Mexico are kind of different. This would be a nice segue to the Germany-Mexico match, which was yesterday. Uh, what's that match? And, yeah, Germany had a few sort of bad results in friendlies and people sort of, you know, put it to one side and said, oh, it's just, you know, it's, it's just friendlies. Who cares about friendlies? It's just experimenting. It's fine. And then here we are in the World Cup and they lose their first game. And it's kind of the curse of the winners of the World Cup losing the first, losing the first game, potentially going out of the group stages. So it happened to Spain in 2014. It happened to Italy in 2010 and it happened to France in 2002. Then again, on the flip side, you can say that Spain w- lost their first game of, of the 2010 World Cup and actually went came back to win the whole thing. So it doesn't mean the end of the world if you lose, if you lose your first game, but it does put you on the back foot. Germany had a lot of chances. Mexico... You know their first half performance was fantastic. I thought um, they they completely out well I would not say that completely outplayed, but they you know they really uh, sort of enhanced Germany's weaknesses. You could tell the problems with uh, with Germany from the way uh, Mexico were playing, and they exploited that and got the goal from Luzano, who's a pretty promising talent there. Germany had a load of chances, especially in the second half, to get back in it. Just nothing would go in. Mexico defended doggedly, got the three points. Really important for them. It was kind of interesting as well. Like Kimmich was one of these players who wasn't playing well for Germany at all. He was he was sort of a a rush right back, but he was more like playing right midfield, and they didn't have that going back in defence. So it was it was a little exploiting going down on the wings. For Mexico, when you look at Germany's other two teams, which also played, they played today, which were Sweden and South Korea. Do you? I don't really see them losing those two, but who knows? Maybe they will, and maybe they'll go out in the first round, which would be pretty crazy. I think they said that Germany haven't failed to get the quarterfinals of a World Cup since the 1930s. That's insane. It's it's insane enough to say that they haven't failed to get to the semi finals since 1998. But you add the fact they never got the quarter finals since the 1930s, that's even more crazy. Let's talk about Sweden versus um, South Korea. It ended 1 0 to Sweden uh, after a uh, penalty was given. Navarre gave a penalty. It was a pretty fair penalty, and Sweden put it away. And they were the better team, so they did deserve the win. I don't see South Korea really doing much after this. Um, I'm just going to have a quick look at the Group F. The next Group F match, it's Germany versus Sweden. That's an absolutely critical game for Germany if they don't win that. I think they're kind of screwed. And you've also got Mexico versus Korea, or South Korea. So I thoroughly expect uh, Mexico to win that. I think Mexico are going to win this group, which could put Germany in some problems depending on how Group E finishes but um, that's also looking quite interesting we had the Brazil match last night Brazil versus Switzerland ended 1-1 um, a pretty cracking goal by Coutinho to open things up Switzerland got back on it after a pretty poorly defended corner uh, from Brazil and there was, a, there was a hint of a foul it wasn't given and the goal stood and it ended 1-1 you know, it was kind of kind of typical Brazil in a way. It's a you know, they they got a good attack in front and then the problem has always been defensive and that's certainly what happened here. You know, that defensive I think Miranda they've got Miranda in defence who's actually pretty decent, to be honest. I think it's a lot better than having David Luiz there. Um so that's a sort of positive of Brazil. I think you know this is the hardest, probably the hardest game they're going to have. So it's not the worst case scenario that they draw with Switzerland. Switzerland have a really good record of opening games in the tournament and they've failed to lose again, if that makes sense. Seems like a double negative, but um, fair play to Switzerland. I guess, you know, you know, Brazil should have really won it, but Mayo. And the other game in Group F was Costa Rica versus Serbia. And a Kolarov stunner of a free kick got Serbia the win there. Fair play to them. So I think we've covered all the matches now. Yes, we've covered all of them. Um, It was just six of them. But let's see what you say on Twitter. So James Daly Oliver at Jam Master Dolly says, Lingard and Deli looked off their game tonight. Referee was an absolute joke for his decisions. Kane should have had two stonewall penalties. England made really hard work of that game. Kane bails out England. I definitely agree that Kane bailed out the English team. Um, yeah, I think yeah the referee, you know, I guess he did make a few errors. But like, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not one a person to sort of blame a referee. Because I think it's so sort of cliche to just blame the referee for losing and actually some of the responsibilities on the team and how they play rather than the referee. Uh, how the referee, unless they've been really ridiculous and they've given like 17 decisions to the other team, then maybe it's a problem. So, shall we have a look at the fixtures coming up in the next couple of days? We have tomorrow, we are finishing off the first round of matches with our two Group H matches, which are Colombia versus Japan and Poland versus Senegal. And also, tomorrow, Russia will face Egypt in the evening game. On Wednesday, Uruguay versus Saudi Arabia, uh, Portugal versus Morocco, and Iran versus Spain. And on Thursday, it's Denmark versus Australia, France versus Peru, and Argentina versus Croatia. That's going to be one of the standout um, ties from the second round of matches, I believe. England play again on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Nice thing to watch over your Sunday roast, maybe. Like I say, it's interesting after we've sort of seen most of the teams now, the only teams we haven't seen are the ones that perhaps aren't fancy, like Poland or Colombia or Senegal Japan. Um, based on the lay of the land, you'd probably say Belgium have the best chance at the minute, but I would you know, cautiously put an asterisk next to that and say... Um, is is very much about the latter the games rather than what's happening right now. And there's so many times I've watched football and thought, "Well, that team's going to win this international tournament after a great performance," and then immediately they lose afterwards, and then they're out, and it's done. So it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's a very clear thing to remember. I think I'm actually going to leave it there. And um, thank you for tuning in to this live edition of. 52 years a world cup podcast remember to follow us on twitter at 52 years world cup you can find us on soundcloud and on itunes and we'll be back probably on friday with a recap of the next couple of days of games so join me then goodbye that was the worst performance i've ever seen from an England team, ever. Source
1: meals, totally I'd like to know this play for playful This is domestic bliss
0: Southgate owes us for the penny went and missed There's drama in the kitchen sink from next door, did Frankie Lampard cross the line? The televisions on the blink, Mexican wave goodbye to those bitter memories. Wash your mouth out. Pray Harry Kane is fit. River plates and twisted fates. We played the lottery. Remember
1: those still left at home: Scotland, Wales, and me. It could be. To European market
0: square. Jamie Vardy's having a
1: party. Bring your vodka, Barmy used up all our substitutes. But never mind, we've got Ponzani's. I've been hanging around. I'm